Greg and Josh are not paid critics. They are not experts, nor do they claim to be. They are just two nerds that love to talk about internet shows. However, they're still going to tell you about what they think. So sit down, relax, and enjoy the latest episode of All Queued Up. Hello, everybody, and welcome to a very special episode of All Queued Up. Uh, if you're new to the show, what we do here normally is review shows uh, that you can find on a streaming service, Netflix, Amazon, HBO Max, Disney+, Plus, etc. Uh, I'm your host, Greg Dietz, and with me is Betty Badger, but I would like to introduce everybody. It is my honor to introduce this person, Maya Don Fisher. Hi. Clap, 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 clap. Uh, yeah, yeah, uh, that's, that's me, uh, freshly, uh, emerged into the world as of Friday of last week, uh, on the 18th, which was also our co-host's birthday, and we forgot to mention that. No, it's okay. <laughs> well, now they know. She said plenty of birthdays. This is... Yeah, I'm level 41 now, it's okay. <laughs> but... Maya's birthday is the important thing. Yeah, so that that was an exciting thing, and we're going to talk about that because yes, I am uh, transitioning, and we're going to talk about that. And we have someone else here with us as well. Great. Yeah, like I don't. I don't. I don't. <laughs> <laughs> a long Let me friend just jump of, in there. <laughs> a long friend of mine. Uh, I've known. I've known Michelle for six and a half years now. I want to say. We've been good friends Sounds for that right. long. Yes. Uh, and uh, uh, we wanted to have a conversation about the trans community. We wanted to have a informational conversation about it. Um, and uh, I thought, perfect, let's have the two people in my life that I know personally. So the conversation is not terribly awkward. Um, it'll still get a little awkward, I promise. <laughs> that's that's not That's not like a... Be warned. It's a promise. It's a promise. Uh, <laughs> how are you doing, Fuck Yeah. Uh, it's it's been a, a fun few days, but uh, I'm glad to be here. I'm glad to finally be able to talk to Maya. So, um, and it's uh, nice to uh, be on a podcast. Uh, yeah, man, yeah we're, we're 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 thrilled that you're here, and yeah, this is the first time we've actually got to speak in voice chat mm-hmm. uh, in a few months. So, yeah, mm-hmm. that's. That's the first time I've had you on the podcast. It is. It is the first time. We're almost on your anniversary this next month. I just realized. Yeah, two weeks. Yeah. (laughs) Goddamn. All right. Well, all right. Um, So what I want to start the conversation off with is I want both uh, uh, Michelle and Maya to kind of – kind of explain not explain that's not the right word i'll put it this way uh my father um he is he's confused he wants to understand (laughs) more and i want people like him to be more accepting so i the 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 questions i'm going to ask are from him Mm -hmm. um he and one of the one of the questions that he asked that i thought we could start the conversation off is what What's the th- thought process that goes into making the choice to come out as trans? 
Um, cause he understands, like you said in the conversation, he understands that it's not like you don't just choose to do it. It's something that's always been inside you this whole time. One of his phrases is I can't imagine what it's like to live a lie my whole life. So, hmm. but what his question Walk is us through your journey to yeah. how you, you got to your authentic lives. Yeah. Okay. Basically. Um, Maya, do you want to start this one off? Uh, sure. Sure. Um, basically as far back as I can remember as early as four years old, you know, I still remember vague flashes of things from when I was three and four. One of the things that I remember is I used to, I I just hated being a little boy. I hated it. I used to pray every night before I went to bed because, you know, growing up in the Bible belt, that's what you were supposed to do. I used to pray every night before bed, please let me wake up to be a little girl tomorrow because I was supposed to be a little girl. You got it wrong. Did that for years. Years I did that. I would, you know, sneak and put on, you know, like pantyhose in my mom's shoes and prance around the house and she would catch me and yell at me and tell me there was something wrong with me and that I was sick in the head for it. And, you know. I started believing that there was something wrong with me, so I started hiding it and trying to repress it. Um, it continued all through school, in my teens and high school. Um, once I was old enough to live on my own, every now and then, I would muster up the courage and go buy something from the women's section in a store. It's like, ooh, I like that. And I'd buy it, take it home. Wear it in the privacy of my own home. Nobody would know. It was something that I could do and nobody would know about. <clears throat> and then as I got older and, you know, started, you know, wearing a few more things here and there. But Misty and I have been together for 15 years now. And Madison is 13 now. When Madison was born, I remember thinking, I'm stuck now like this i can never be who i want to be it's time to just let that dream die but the more i the the longer i went along the more i was like this is not who i am i'm living a lie not the fact that i have a family i love my family very much i love misty and you know i love my our daughter madison you know but I hated being male. I hated being this big, burly, bearded guy. And I started uh, having conversations with Misty about it. I was like, look, you know, we've talked about this in the past. I really don't want to live as a man anymore. I want to live my life out as a woman. And she, we talked about it and she wasn't ready for us to go there yet. You know, this is about three years ago. Mm. She's like, let's wait until Madison's a little older because at the time she was only like nine, getting ready to turn 10. She's like, let's wait until she's a little older, uh, you know, because she's, she's young. She might not understand right now. She's like, I'm not ready yet. You know, think about it. If you still feel this way, we'll revisit it down the line when Madison's a little older and we'll we'll see what happens. And 
then a year later, that's when I lost my leg and nearly died. Hmm. And I kind of put everything on the back burner then because I realized up to that point, I wasn't really living my life. So I wanted to get out and start living again, like truly living and traveling and going places and actually doing things that I'd always wanted to do, but made excuses and not done. And once the newness of that wore off, that feeling started to come back. It's like, you're not who you're supposed to be you don't have any more chances left. So I I went up to her earlier this year and I said, look, you know, I still feel like I'm female. You know, I feel female inside. I want the inside to match the outside. And she's like, I know. I was like, what are your thoughts on that? She's like, well, when you're ready to talk to Madison, we can talk to Madison. I said, let's talk to her. So once we got moved and moved and settled in down here, about two months ago, we sat down and had the conversation as a family, all three of us. And I said, look, uh, you know, trying to get her to open up to us about things because, you know, she's 13. She's going through a lot of things. She's that confusing stage of a teenager's life, you know, and they're trying to figure out who they are. And I was talking to her about that, and I was like, you know, you're on a journey, and it's not important to figure out who you are today. You know, you're not going to know who you are for you. You know, you have an idea of who you are and who you want to be. I was like, but some people are still figuring out who they are now. And I was like, like me, you know. And she's like, what do you mean? I said, I probably got more makeup than you do. Uh, and she's like huh i said yeah i said i dress up and female as female i was like but since the coronavirus hit you've been stuck at home since march and i haven't been able to get dressed up and feel like myself in almost in several months i said i'm tired of hiding it i'm tired of hiding it from you i was like i want to live my life openly as you know openly as possible and it it just progressed to the point. It's like, all right, so we can actually all three go shopping in the same department in a store Mm. and not feel weird about it. We can all three go out somewhere in public and not feel weird about it. I was like, are you comfortable with that? The both of you. And they were like, yeah, I was like, okay, I'm doing this. And then I found a, a therapist because in the state of Virginia, you have to, go through a therapist and then they have to write a recommendation letter with a diagnosis that yes, this person suffers from gender dysphoria. It is under the recommendation, yada, 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 hormone replacement therapy, all that. Well, next Tuesday is my last meeting and well, not my last meeting, but it's my last meeting of weekly sessions throughout the month of September. I get my letter next Tuesday. And then I can give to my physician and be referred to an endocrinologist. And that's where I'm at in the journey. I'm at the very beginning. But Friday, the 18th, I decided, you know what? I'm telling the world. And so what I did, I started telling my close friends first. Um, You know, and some have known longer than others. Some, uh, Mm -hmm. like Betty, you know, she's known longer than Greg. 
actually Michelle's no longer than Greg mm -hmm. <laughs> because when Michelle came out, I kind of, you know, mm -hmm. hit her up and congratulated her. I was like, I'm so happy and for you and proud of you. I was like, and then I would just start saying, you know, I've kind of suffered with something like this myself for a while and shared a little bit with her at the time. And then, it, you know, as it progressed more and I was like, okay, yeah, I'm going to, hit her up and ask her a few questions if she's comfortable with answering, you know, asking about the HRT and, um, you know, it's, uh, it's just been a process, but I started telling my close friends and family. And then Sunday a week ago, I told my oldest sister, she's my younger sister of the, she's the older of the two sisters I have that are younger, uh, told her and, and uh, she's like, oh, well, I said, yeah, I haven't told mom yet. Uh, mm -hmm. Our mom and my stepdad, her dad, you know, half sister. But I haven't told our parents yet. I was like, I'm trying to find a way to do it. I plan on telling her this week. Okay. Well, then Tuesday I had therapy. And then I told my therapist, yeah, I'm going to tell my mom this evening. I ended up talking to my youngest sister, who's actually going to college and in therapy or uh, to become a therapist. Uh, so she was totally on board and understood and was supportive. So both sisters were supportive. I was like, all right, I just got to tell mom. I said, I'm going to call her and tell her. And it was at seven o'clock last Tuesday evening. Call my mom to tell her. And she's like, oh, I'm really tired. I was getting ready to lay down. I haven't had any rest today, blah, blah, blah. I was like, well, I was needing to talk to you about something. She's like, well, just call me tomorrow. I was like, okay. <laughs> Wednesday, I call her. Yeah, I got this going on. The uh... Oh, I remember what it was. They had to have uh, an assessor from the bank come by and do an evaluation of their uh, of their home and property, you know, in case they needed to take out a loan in the future, you know, just to say that it's worth what they say it is worth. And also uh, there was something else going on. Oh, my nephew had one of the nephew, my sister's kids, he had gotten some water guns and was running through the house, squirting everybody. And my mom had just waxed all the floors. So obviously she was not in the mood to talk then. And I was like, well, call me this evening. She never called back. So Thursday I call. It's like I'm doing it today because I had it in my mind four o'clock Friday. I'm going to tell everybody whether she <laughs> knows or not. Uh, Thursday I call. I have her on the phone. I was like, look, I really need to talk to you about something. She's like, well, I have to go right now. I'll call you tonight. Okay. She never called back. Friday I tried to call all day from 10 o'clock in the morning, 1030, 11. 1130, 12, 1215, 1230, 1245, 1. I was like, she's not answering the phone. She's avoiding me. Or else she's left town, gone out of town, uh, heard my stepdad to go do something because they had my nephews all week with school uh, where they're doing remote learning and she just wanted a break. So she probably got her phone off. I didn't think anything of it. Four o'clock rolled around. I made the public announcement on Facebook to overwhelming support uh which was a very very sur pleasant surprise because i was sure that i would be facing backlash i was sure that i would get some negative comments and here it is almost a week later you know five days later not the first negative comment on facebook on my post 
did have one asset on Twitter. I don't care. I don't know who that asset is. No big deal. They're being a troll. Trolls don't bother me. I got thick skin. I knew that I knew before I did this I was gonna have things like that happen. Doesn't bother me at all. But <clears throat> Saturday morning rolled around and I was like, all right, I'm gonna try to call mom again. I didn't never heard from her Friday night. I was like, she's got to know by now. My sister sent me a message at eight o'clock that morning. She's like, Hey. I was like, What's up? She's like, I'm gonna call you. It's like, okay. She's like, I told mom. I was like, what did you tell mom? She's like, Monday night. Monday night. Yeah. So Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday, when I tried to tell her, she already knew. Yeah. Huh. So she's <laughs> she knew. My stepdad, he's handling it better than my mother. Um, they're both confused. They don't understand. But they know they've not said anything out of the way or hateful, which is my biggest fear with my mom, because my mom is very reactionary and has no filter. And she is in her mid sixties and doesn't have a present day mindset of when it comes to things and can be very hurtful and ignorant in her statements. So my sister wanted to preempt that because I get very combative with my mother over things. And it could cause a terrible situation that we're trying to avoid. So she had that conversation with her without me. And I'm like, I'm actually grateful for that because it gives her the time now. She can accept it. She's obviously had to have seen the post or the pictures. Um, but, yeah, that's uh, it's been amazing. Everybody's been super supportive and happy and just wonderful complimentary and you know nothing out of the way yet so that's been great but i know it's eventually going to come and i just have to look back at everything that stemmed from that and say look at all this love and support you've got right here on those hard days look at this so i'm going to have that to look forward to I think I, I messaged you uh, Saturday afternoon, and I went, holy shit, you can never say you're not loved and accepted. But that's the thing. I already knew I was loved, but I was loved as who I used to be. That's what that's I was scared of and terrified of. Yeah, yeah, I was terrified of that because especially where I'm such a prominent member in the realm of collectors community and it's primarily a boys club let's be fair most people that collect things like nerd related shit are guys you know and there's a few females in there um but i was terrified of that because you know it was on a couple of podcasts on their youtube channel that are live shows on camera and i'm sitting here thinking yeah i'm wanting to do this and I still want to be a part of it, but I was terrified, and that kept me, you know, held me back a little bit. But, yeah, when Greg, he's like, there's no way you can't say that you're not loved. And I was like, no, that's obvious. And overwhelming support from everybody in the realm that I was terrified of telling. It's been phenomenal. Uh, you know, and uh, I broke the news Saturday afternoon. Uh, well, I told everybody last weekend, the weekend prior in the half empty uh, discord, because I was using that and another small group as a testing ground to see, get a feel for how people were going to react. And it was just overwhelming support. Like I should have, I should have known, <laughs> but yeah, we're, I'm very fortunate to be 
a part of two wonderfully supportive communities and have just a vast network of friends that are nothing but supportive and encouraging. And it's been cloud nine, just total elation for me for about two weeks now, really. Well, that's where I'm at. And I know I got long winded there. (laughs) (laughs) You're fine. I, you know, um, your story is very similar to mine in a lot of ways, but just to clarify, just in case someone else is listening to the show, um, that, if you are trans, I'm like if you have a trans listener by chance, um, you don't have to have had these feelings your whole life. There are a lot of trans women and most trans women and men who feel like they've been in the wrong body their whole lives. But gender is a form of expression. And um, um, for me, it's been it was a big question of like, am I a trans woman? Am I a trans non-binary? Am I, what am I? Like, obviously I'm unhappy with the way that I'm expressing myself, but um, like there, there, the journey doesn't end once you decide to start transitioning. And I think, um, you know, I'm a little bit further ahead as in I'm like, uh, I'm eight months in on HRT. So, um, and once you start that journey, uh, Maya, I think you're going to find that a lot of your earlier preconceptions of the process, um, they could be the exact same. You might be so, uh, know yourself so well that, um, it, you, it's exactly the same thing. But for me, there was a really big learning curve of, um, oh, um, there were some aspects about this whole gender journey that I wasn't planning for. And um, I, it's kind of thrown me through a loop uh, in, a, in a great way. I love it. It's, um, but can, I, it's, can I ask you a small question just for the audience? Uh, for yeah. people listening that, what exactly is HRT? Hormone exactly replacement the therapy. Oh, yeah. yeah. Sorry. Yeah, that's what it stands for. Hormone, hormone replacement therapy. That's what it stands for. Yes. Okay. I, um, I like it. I like I said. I know these things. I just I wasn't. I know what HRT is. I didn't know that's what it stood for. If I'm being honest, but mm-hmm. uh, yeah, I just want people to know what what that is. No, that's awesome. Um, Most people just say hormones. Yeah, they change their hormones, um, or their um, there's a bunch of fucking. Uh, excuse me, I don't know what you're. Oh, oh yeah. Cus- but um there's we a are rated e for explicit yeah <laughs> i have the mouth of a sailor so don't worry perfect my people um <laughs> i had the leg of one mm-hmm. you do. Yeah, rough. <laughs> got the mouth you got the leg <laughs> but we go both got the boobs so <laughs> yeah yeah Cause that's some awesome cleavage you got going on there. Yeah, yeah, I have to admit. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, um, I, yeah, I got lucky friend, with those. Even my yeah. friend last night, we were playing Fall Guys, and he complimented uh, Maya on that, and I was like, "All right, <laughs> it was so funny." <laughs> and we're playing, and Andy says, "Okay, I have to ask, how you already got such great boobs?" <laughs> <laughs> so, oh, yeah, God. that one I have to work on. So. <laughs> 
Oh, that for, being said, for, I'm also exceptionally lucky. Like for as far as far as HRT is concerned, it changes a lot of things. There's some things that people assume it's going to change, and it doesn't. For example, like um, testosterone has done the damage on my voice. I every trans girl has either had surgery or they just they're basically faking the voice. Yeah, but otherwise, body changes are very common and. Uh, uh, my favorite thing has been the boobs because I went from flat to uh, knocking on teacup's door in the last like seven months. So hey. I'm oh, yeah. I'm very I'm very thrilled with that. But <laughs> well, with the hormone um, replacement therapy for you, um, how has it affected you emotionally? Because this is something Maya and I were kind of discussing in a conversation earlier this week. So- you know. Because I know as a woman who, who, who's been, ha- had her menstrual period since she was mm-hmm. 10, now I'm 41, my hormones are crazy. I mean, I turn mm-hmm. into a beast, you know, and I, I can't imagine what it's going to be like or what you experience when you, you've not, you know, when you're first introduced, is it like going through puberty? In a way. Uh, it's exactly what it is. Is I'm basically going through puberty again in my 30s. Um, oh God, girl. <laughs> yeah, it's not great. <laughs> um, I'm going through second puberty now. Uh, I, I did one. I didn't like it. Let me try the other one. Um, <laughs> but uh, no, it's um, there. There's a lot of things that are related to that. That's kind of weird. For example, um, beforehand, um, uh, my whole life I had anger issues. Um, Mm -hmm. and it is, um, I don't know if it's associated with like not being able to live myself or just like high testosterone or whatever, who knows whatever the fuck it was, but it it was an issue. And, um, as soon as like literally like within about two weeks of taking, um, uh, HRT and my, um, for HRT is different per, like who you go to and like the amount and whatnot. But when I started, I was taking, um, uh, I was taking uh, half of a uh, milligram of estrogen. I was taking half of a milligram of spirolactone, which is a testosterone blocker. And I was taking a hundred milligrams of progesterone, which is a hormone that girls who are going through puberty um, create for the helps that helps with development. And pregnancy. Yes, yes. I had um, to have progesterone when I was pregnant because I didn't make enough on my own. Really? That's interesting. Yeah, I'd had three miscarriages before, so we went ahead and did uh, progesterone therapy because that was one way of trying to ensure the pregnancy beyond three months. So, And it worked. She's here. <laughs> well, like, see, it's a miracle drug. Um, yeah. Like, it really, it really is. Because, like, the other two, while they're going to be my long, like, they're, they're the marathon, the progesterone is the sprint. And um, I, like, my, my progress is mostly due to the progesterone. Um, but, um it, it, it's a different process and uh, every three months I've gone up and actually for the last month I've been, I started with all pills, but for the last month I've been doing uh, injection of estrogen, which is its own process. <laughs> yeah. Um, but um, it has, um, when I started, my anger issues were pretty much gone. Like they just kind of left 
And I also realized I was, I had anxiety, but I didn't know it because I had always had anxiety. So once it was gone, I realized I had it. Yeah. Your anger wasn't masking it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So my anxiety was gone. My anger issues were gone, but now, um, I'm definitely, I've always been in touch with my emotions, but it definitely feels like a deeper feeling than it used to. Um, it's definitely an emotional roller coaster. Stress is hard for me to deal with now. I have to have, um, I have to have like moments, uh, by myself to breathe sometimes. Do you cry more? Oh God. Yeah. And I love it. Oh my God. That's the weirdest fucking thing is I love crying now. (laughs) Yeah. I cry a lot. I, yeah. And it's like, this is my week. So I'm like Mm -hmm. in cry mode at everything. Oh, so that, that's, that's another mind fuck by the way is, um, I, uh, I have sympathy cramps that line up with my girlfriends. Oh yeah. Well, you know, even cis men can have that kind of stuff too. They have like sympathetic pregnancies. Mm-hmm, their mm-hmm. girlfriends and their wives, and you know, yeah, well, I've seen I it. Know, it's crazy. I know when Misty was pregnant, I was the one that gained all the weight. <laughs> <laughs> I went no, I went from two twenty to four fifty in Jeez. that nine months, and now I'm back down to a little over. Uh, I'm right. Uh, I've been losing steadily, and I'm down to two eighty. Nice. And yeah, I'm trying to get back down to that target area of close to 200. So I'm slowly getting there. Uh, well, I'll tell you what. They're going to fuck that up, I'm sure. Yep. I was just about to tell yeah. you, do it now. Because it once you start HRT, losing weight is like, hey, guess what? Your immediate plateau. <laughs> yeah. And if you look at a piece of chocolate, you will gain five pounds. Um, yeah. She's not wrong. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder um, if it'll make been... me like chocolate more because American chocolate is trash. It is trash. I will only eat dark chocolate. That's all I'm I I'm very yeah. snobby about my chocolate. It has to be dark okay. chocolate. If it's milk chocolate, I won't touch it. <laughs> yep. So I've gotten really weird. Um, I've always been a big fan of like food textures, but now it's like way, way, way more intense. Um, and I have to have some something salty and fried like once a week or I go insane. So (laughs) is that, is that tied to this? Cause I feel the same. (laughs) Well, it's different. Like maybe not, but um, losing, it could be just like an offset of me trying to lose weight. I was going to say it's, 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 it's definitely uh, there's a, there's some weird correlation there for you. It might, uh, it might just be uh, me overthinking it. Fuck. I don't know half the time. You know, honestly, as a woman, you know, who's lived this whole life like this, I can tell Mm -hmm. you, yeah, your hormones definitely have an impact on what you want to eat. Yeah. It's had an impact on what I like too. Like some Mm -hmm. foods taste differently now. And um, some foods, um, honestly, um, I can't tell if it's due to just hormones per se or the fact that I um, my happiness level is way higher than it's been in a long time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But like some foods are just way better now. So that's that's a fun side effect. <laughs> that, that, that is something that I have to weigh in on when happiness level. Um, since I've decided to do this, that I finally said no more. I'm not going to be scared anymore. I'm going to do this. 
-hmm. My happiness level has increased. My anger issues, while I still suffer from anger issues, like I like you were referring to, I've had anger issues for years and years and years. I'm not as bad with them, and I'm hoping that I have a similar effect when that starts because I would love to be done with the anger issues, but my mm -hmm. happiness level is already uh, increased tremendously, and so my mm -hmm. anxiety level, which I've had anxiety for years, uh, we just didn't know it was confirmed until recently to be linked directly because my depression and anxiety because of the dysphoria. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, that, that I'm happy to hear that your happiness levels at an all time peak. And I have to think that mine's really right there. Uh, uh the happiest I've been in ages. I can't remember the last time I was happier with the exception oh, of not dying two years ago. Um, yeah. <laughs> and I, and I, and I hope that, you know, it's not gonna, I hope it's just going to be on an upswing from there. There's an absolutely a honeymoon period for like right after coming out. And like, um, so, uh, you had a similar experience that I did where there was just an overwhelming amount of support and love and whatnot. Mm -hmm. And, um, it's, it's, um, it's so nice. Um, because I, uh, like you, I spent all, I spent a couple of decades knowing what I am, but not doing it, you know? Yeah. And, um, it's funny. Uh, the day I came out publicly, um, uh, Maya hit me up and she was uh, like, she said it earlier that she was expressing that, you know, she also cross dresses and I was completely like, what? <laughs> <laughs> like, <laughs> the same thing that I was doing to everyone else he did to me and <laughs> but um and I, we we had a long conversation and I uh, this this is true of uh you were not actually the only person that uh uh came out to me that day but um there was I have a couple other people I'm just waiting I'm like all right when are you going to announce your trans now cuz it's pretty fucking obvious to me <laughs> but <laughs> But, but I'll be honest. Like, um, my uh, you were my least. I, I, like, you were the one I expected least. I was just like, well, she could just be a cross dresser, and that's fine. Uh, a lot of people in the trans community have weird issues with cross dressers, but most of us were at one point, so I don't get it. Yeah, but um, uh, Michelle, your tweet now makes a whole lot more sense. Well, which all, one? Uh, any any other any other eggs I'm about to crack? Like, yeah. 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 Oh yeah, that's beautiful. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That 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 was uh, what you you tweeted that Friday, didn't you? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> mm -hmm. I remember that now. I I um there there's a couple other folks who I'm pretty sure are trans that um you know they're going to find themselves on their own time and whatnot. But um and like well same thing with you, Maya. I got to the point where I was like, oh yeah, okay, she's trans. <laughs> and um you can just kind of tell cuz like your story was so similar to mine and your like um your experiences were so similar so i can see how like i my situation's not even nearly as complicated as yours like i don't have a child for example and um i'm while i'm in a very long committed relationship we're not married yet so it's also like one of those things but so I do have a question real quick. That's one of the questions from my dad. Uh, since okay. you mentioned um, Maya's child. 
uh-huh. he wants to know how does Madison now address you? That's actually something that we've been talking about in the past week. She said, so now that everybody knows, she's like, do I call you mom in public now? <laughs> I said, I'll tell you what. I said, you can call me Maya or you can call me anything that makes you comfortable in public. I was like, just don't refer to me. You know, if we're out somewhere, don't yell down an aisle at me. If we're spread apart and go, hey, dad, mm-hmm. you know, don't do that. But other than that, just call me what makes you comfortable. And in the privacy of our own home, when it's just the three of us, call me what makes you comfortable, you know, uh, but in public, if you, if you don't feel comfortable calling me that, you know, call me by Maya. So. Yeah. yeah Cause he was, he was really curious about that because, uh, um, you know, he's, he's, he's known about Michelle for a long time and he's known other trans people and talking to me and me being, you know, as internet savvy as I am. Um, so he'd, he'd kind of known about that and he was like, Oh, you change pronouns and stuff like that. But he was like, how do you change that pronoun? So I think that's where his, he was very, yeah. Yeah. And you know, that's something that we're learning as a family. And I actually just started, uh, before we started recording, I had a adult, um, trans group, uh, like therapy group. That is something that I'm hoping to tackle, but you know, I can't speak for anybody else that was in there. I know that I did mention that I have a daughter, so I'm hoping that is something that I can find out how other people address that because I'm also into it, you know, not only for support of myself, but also education for myself. Mm -hmm. And they're going to be offering um, spousal slash partner uh, groups too, uh, where I'm going. So, you know, yeah, yeah. And it's covered by my insurance. So it's just like, how you better. So if Misty and Madison wanted to attend those, like all three of us as a family, we could do that. Or if they wanted to attend just the two of them without me, they can do that. So I'm really fortunate that I found this place. Thanks to a very dear friend of mine. Who's probably known just about longer than anybody. Uh, I think one other person knew before her, but yeah, she, she, uh, she hooked me up there and she's actually a very uh, loyal, longtime listener of the show since our very first episode. So thanks, Chas. I love you. Um, but yeah. Well, I have two more questions on the list. Uh, we'll hit the first one and then the second one. This next one is a little bit more personal. So if you don't feel like you want to answer it, by all means, don't. Um, but, uh, his curiosity lies in where does potential surgery play a role or not having surgery? Like how does, how does, how do you go about that? Um, I think I'll start this one off if you don't mind. I don't go ahead. Um, so, uh, uh, every trans woman uh, is valid before I jump off. I'm going to go ahead and just state, start with that statement. So it, um, there are a lot of trans women who decide to not do medical transition. Uh, medical transition includes even HRT. So like they were born with a cis male body. They, um, they c- 
continue to live their life and their body continues without any like um feminine additions to their body they just decide to live the life as a woman and that's fine that's still gender expression um but for women like myself and i i'm uh very much assuming that maya is also in this route medical transitioning starts with hormone therapy which we've talked about quite a bit um um but the other surgeries um are elective and certain part like for me my main dysphoria is my facial hair and my voice um those are the two things that bother me the most about my appearance and about my presentation so those are the areas where like i've already been doing laser hair removal um and it's helping out quite a bit um that is technically surgery and um holy shit it, it's worth every dime but um the other one that i'm planning on doing is called vocal feminization surgery and um there's uh, a multiple ways of doing it but from what i've noticed uh, for me i'm actually going to be going to korea to get this surgery done wow. and it's actually going to be cheaper for me to fly to korea and have it done there than it will be to do it here so Yay, US healthcare system yeah it's not just the healthcare system though but there's also like limitations for example um american voice uh doctors have to make an incision in the throat to be able to do the um to do the uh surgery whereas um there's less restrictions uh surgery wise in uh korea and they can go through the um mouth and make it there's no incision at all oh wow so, that's so there would be no care. visible scar Bingo. Yeah. Also, oh. just like looking, uh, I, I, uh, you know, uh, you, my favorite thing was I was talking to Brittany about this, my, my partner, Brittany, and she, um, she was just like, she had a very similar question when I came out to her, and I was fucking ready. I've been researching this shit for decades. <laughs> <laughs> and she was like, oh, shit, <laughs> when she had a very similar question. But um, a lot yeah, of girls... A lot of so, girls go through, um, they have uh, genitalia dysphoria. And um, I'm not one of those. I feel very lucky in that regard because that is the hardest and most expensive and um, uh, the most dangerous. Even though people say it's a very dangerous surgery, it's not. But it is the most dangerous of um, elective surgeries that a lot of trans women get. Um, it's also the only one that's irreversible. Yeah, exactly. As a cis um, man, I have been told directly that it is unbelievably and exceptionally rude and not even remotely acceptable to ask a trans woman or trans man like about surgery towards their genitals. It is um it's it, it, usually yes. And um of course like uh uh Greg and Maya, I've been friends with you for a long time. I would not be offended if you guys asked me about that and just to completely avoid it uh i you know when i came out i just said and i believe my you did the same thing is like i am not intending on getting surgery any kind of surgeries um just to be like straightforward like people are going to ask this and i want to avoid that awkward situation so mm -hmm. i just threw it out into the wild i i personally don't give two flying fucks what's between people's legs like i just exactly don't care. it shouldn't unless matter I'm, unless, yeah. I'm, unless i'm going to be intimate with them i don't care yeah it's um, not yeah. my business is it? but i know that like, some people are, so 
Well, I mean, on top of that, there's a lot of things like cis people have a lot of issues with their genitalia. Is there's it's not a, like you know, ED is a thing. Um, women yeah. have a lot of issues with like presentation as well, and there's way more issues uh, regarding it. Um, and like it's just it's not cool to ask cis people. Another cis person was like. Hey, how's your vagina taste? You know, yeah, like, you know, I mean, nobody's asking me. So, are your labia hanging low today? Yeah, yeah, you know? yeah. I mean, that's that's you just don't ask people certain so, questions. You know, I mean, if if what? you think it sounds rude, if you just even think what you're about to ask sounds mm-hmm. rude, then don't ask it. You know, I get it's comfort advice. You can't say anything nice. Don't say anything at all. Yeah, but uh, sadly, people are um, their curiosity gets the yes. best of them at the it best does. at best case scenario. It um, really does. I, I, I mean, kind of want to play the audio that I recorded of my dad asking the question because it's kind of adorable because he's <laughs> trying his best to not sound offensive. <laughs> okay. And, um, here I'll play. I'll play one uh, that I think is pretty funny, uh, but. Um, but yeah, he was very adamant. He was like, he was like, make sure that like I don't sound bad. And I was like, I'm probably not going to play the audio on the podcast. But there you go. <laughs> yeah, I kind of want you to. There's Greg making himself into a liar. <laughs> but you know, the thing is, he is asking good questions that the audience I think needs to hear. So you know, there are other people out there who would have the same question and not realize oh, that yes, this is very rude. So absolutely, yeah, I salute Daddy I'm Greg. Like, bringing that up Be, before you play that greg just <laughs> before you play that just to touch on that uh as for surgeries myself um, oh, yeah i mean obviously i don't need top surgery um, no. <laughs> uh, and i addressed it when i came out uh last week uh, bottom surgery that's something that'll be addressed in the future. As of right now, it's not in the cards, but I'll have to see how I feel about it in a few years, you know, two years from now, uh, after being on HRT, who knows how I'm going to feel about that. As for right now, no, it's, it's fine. Uh, but you know, my dysphoria areas are, I have no hips and my voice, my facial hair. And it, 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 my voice, you know, it sucks because I want to soften it, but without invasive surgery, I don't know how to do that. And I'm sure there's some types of vocal training that people like us can look into, but I just don't know without just sounding fake. And I don't want to sound fake. You know, I want to be authentic as possible. So that's, that's something that really bothers me is the whole vocalization thing. Vocal training has been one of the hardest things I have ever done. I've done a lot of hard things, and um, I can Maya, I can show you a couple good starting places. Okay, because um, I can tell your voice does sound softer. Thanks, mm-hmm. I appreciate that. It really does. That is the first thing I noticed I mean, when you came in. We can pr- uh, hold on a second. <coughs> uh, yeah, I can uh, change back to my voice pretty pretty easily though. Um, wow. That's so impressive. this is my normal voice. And uh, honestly, it's a little bit higher than I um, than normal still, because it's hard for me to go all the way back. But um, 
Yeah, it, it's um, it's one of those things where you have to learn to talk from your head instead of your chest. And um, that, that's something I meant to message you about a while back. You sent me a, a video that I can't talk about. But <laughs> uh, when you sent me that, that was, that was one of the compliments I'm going to send back to you. Well, but that's I, very sweet of you. Give me a second. <clears throat> um, but yeah, going and going back and forth is insanely hard. <laughs> uh, but um, it's it's doable, and it's one of those things. But um, when and basically, I just want um, for um, anyone who's listening who's cis, and both of our two cis uh, people here at the podcast, um, just imagine doing the opposite of your voice at all times. Yeah, basically. see, I I have something that we call the daddy voice. Uh huh. That. When I'm very serious, I can do a deep guttural, you know, <laughs> I grew up in the Marines. My dad was a Marine. So, okay, yeah, yeah, I could do that drill sergeant yell and, you know, it impresses the hell out of my sister. And mm-hmm. I know how that takes its toll on me, just changing my voice like that. And I couldn't do that all the time. Yeah, I imagine it does have to, you know, you've, you've got to consciously think about how you speak. Nonstop. And, yeah. So, I mean, you know, that's. That's so much control that you've you've got to master over yourself. I mean, I'm impressed by it, honestly. You know, and I I do want to tell you as a woman mm -hmm. as well, you know, uh, a lot of us have facial hair. Mm -hmm. A lot of us shave our face. We just don't talk about it. And, you know, when it comes to bodies, everybody is different. I have no hips either, Maya. I am built like a brick shit house. I mean, it's just, you know, whoosh. Five foot tall, just whoosh, you know? it's. So there was something funny I saw on TikTok that I think you guys would appreciate. It was um, a guy, he goes, comes up, he's talking to himself, obviously, but the conversation goes, so I have a question for you. Would you ever date a trans girl? And he goes, I mean, is she thick? And he goes, <laughs> well, she used to be a he. So, and he goes, you didn't answer my question. Is she thick? Yeah. And he goes, well, <laughs> well I, I mean, I, that's irrelevant because I'm asking you if you would date a trans girl. And he goes, well, I don't think you're understanding my answer. Is she thick? Yeah. <laughs> you know, that's that's one of the fascinating things I found out is one of the people who have been very supportive, obviously not going to name them by name, but he said, I've dated a couple of trans girls in my life and their stories are always inspiring. And he said, I just wanted to let you know that I feel yours is uplifting and inspiring too. And he said, I'm proud to know you. And I'm like, Holy shit. And then my biggest takeaway is like, he's dated as in past tense, not just one, a couple. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm like, so, you know, there's somebody just like, yeah, man, fuck. Yeah. Props to that. That was a that was a fun thing for me to learn. So like um about 10 years ago, oh god, it's been way more than that. It's been 12 years now. 12 years ago, I actually lived in California for a short little while, and when I was there, um it was actually my first attempt at transitioning. Mm-hmm. Um and um when I was there, it was I didn't think of it as me transitioning, but I was playing with gender um, I was dressing up at more feminine and sometimes completely uh, infem. And I was dating uh, a lot of people, a lot of men. I was dating, um, I had a trans uh, girlfriend at the time. And um, 
just experimenting, just experimenting like crazy. And I felt comfortable doing that because I knew literally no one. <laughs> so I didn't have the, um, the baggage of being in the Bible belt or mm. uh, like I grew up in Mayberry for God's yeah. sake, like for legit Mayberry. So um, it was just one of those things where like, okay, I don't have to, um, I, I don't, uh, I don't have to be safe. Um, and that was a big fear was cause I grew up in that point and there was no, there was no room. And I, 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 we had like a couple of people who were gay in my high school and they were tortured. They were tortured. Um, and I didn't want that. <laughs> um, so, and even now, like I went back to my hometown this past weekend. I finally got to see, um, I saw my parents literally for the first time they've known since, uh, April and I saw them for the first time this past weekend. And, um, I also saw a lot of my good friends from that area and, um, like I was scared to go anywhere, but these few safe spaces in my hometown, because I'd be going like, <clears throat> Uh, like I was telling my friends about my story on their back porch, but I could see a stupid fucking police station with their stupid blue stripe uh, flag. And I was just like, cool, don't go over there. Got it. And, and I was just like, it's still scary to go to certain places. And a big portion of like why I'm feel comfortable coming out now is that I'm lucky that as far as the South is concerned, I live in a very progressive city. And um, I also came out literally the day after my work went into quarantine. And I was just like, cool, I can do awkward puberty at home. (laughs) (laughs) So, um, Uh, yeah. Now, speaking of small towns, I mean, mine's about as small as they get. I know, Mm -hmm. I know your town is the inspiration for Mayberry on that show. Mm -hmm. Like, I think my town's even smaller. There's only like 1,400 people. Oh, yeah, it's way smaller then. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, We are tiny. And, you know, there are some progressive-minded people. A girl I went to high school with and who I was a former neighbor to when we were in school, you know, um, has a transgender child. And so she has been super supportive. And, you know, a couple of other people have transgender, you know, teens uh, that... Mm -hmm in this area and you know more people are more openly about their sexuality but uh, which is completely different from gender of course but back when i was in high school before the internet we Mm -hmm. didn't have an idea of what things were like i was homophobic Mm -hmm. because i didn't know any better because my only exposure to it was whatever i would see on tv and then it was my it's grandmother. It's a survival tactic. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It, was, it was my grandmother who lived in South Carolina. I went to live with her after high school. Her best friend was gay. And I was like, well, this dude's awesome. And mm-hmm. that completely just destroyed any homophobia I had. And then, you know, thankfully, the advent of the Internet, things have become more normalized. But I'm still in an area where it's, you know, like, ooh. Yeah, you going to go to the grocery store looking like that? Fuck yes, I am. And I'll strut. <laughs> I don't care. I got a leg that can be used as a baseball bat. I'll knock a fucker out. 
but the the, the I'm fear I'm jealous of the special accessories you can do. Yeah, I'm <laughs> telling you. I just need to find a fucking little place to put a little uh, you know, hide some lipstick in there. And, but uh if we can do it, That's I'd like to get do a little under the boobs. Yep. Those you want to hide things? Yeah, you put things in your bra under your boobs. Mm-hmm. But if it's something that you're going to have to hand to somebody else, you keep it on the top. If it's something you want to hide, you put it underneath. Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Even I mean, I, that this weekend, I, always... I, had my, I had my ID in my bra this weekend. Yeah, because like, you go clubbing, you don't want to keep a purse or keep up with it. Oh, on top of that, you ain't got any fucking pockets on anything. No. Fuck? Yeah, that's. <laughs> All the time. Where are our pockets? We used to have pockets. What happened? Mm-hmm. You? It's not fair. That's, I think that's we the real pockets away from men, so they have to wear purses too. Uh, I'm, I'm down with this idea. <laughs> is my mic like not picking up my voice? What is happening here? I heard you. No, we heard you. We were just no. It's I the the like little circle on my screen. Anyway, uh, <laughs> making a joke because that's where the real gender equality battle is. Um, pockets. It's like, you know, a girl's drunk at the bar when she starts touching her boobs because she's mm-hmm. looking for something that she can't find and mm-hmm. she's not filling herself up. She's just looking for something that she can't find It's somewhere <laughs> in there. She just don't know where. <laughs> I will say that's one area that like if I'm having an especially dysphoric day or actually just about every morning I wake up and I'm like, oh. Holy shit, they're still there. Okay, cool. Today's let's get I can wake up and start the day now. <laughs> yeah, once you had them, they don't go away. That's great. Yeah. So um, you are now forever friends. <laughs> so uh there's one, last, there's one last question my dad asked. Um you guys kind of already touched on it, but I kind of want to see if there's any more information. He asked, where does sexual identity lie with gender identity? Completely separate. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're two Completely different separate. Things. That's something that Misty and I, she, because she was curious about it. She's like, well, what does this mean? I was like, that's the thing, honey. I was like, I'm with you. We've been together 15 years. I was like, I'm attracted to you, you know. I want to be with you. I want to live the remainder of my life with you you specifically you know and as for i don't want to say too much because she gets embarrassed and everything but as for sexual attraction i mean it's still there i mean it's not going anywhere you know i'm i'm i didn't do this because oh i want to be a woman because i want to be with men no Mm -hmm. because i actually had a friend who was confused when i came out to them they're like so are you gay i'm like no i'm not gay but I guess I am because I'm technically a lesbian. But <laughs> and not the gay in the way you mean. <laughs> but not the gay for, you know, men. It, 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 but, you know, and that's something I talked to her about. I was like, you know, some people are going to have a hard time, uh, have, have a hard time wrapping their head around that. Because for so long in society, everything was just all shoved into one little box. Either M or F. You're this or you're that. Mm-hmm. And it's, that's the thing. It's <clears throat> not your gender does not have to be or is it tied to your sexuality? And science backs us up hardcore. Yeah. There's also, the, there's a third pillar to this. There's gender, there's sexuality, and then there's sex. 
and a lot of people tie gender to sex for obvious reasons because like for example um like most cis people the reason why it's tied is because your gender reflects your sex and the, but the gender norms that we have are just constructs that we've created so that we can easily go they've got a penis or they don't so that's like it is like a kind of a slap in the face on how we have made our um, culture work together but it's um, for a few people like my and myself um, that's that's the problem that's how we that's the um, if gender expression was not as tied to sex um, culturally it wouldn't be nearly as big of an issue I don't think um, but um it's and with like maya said a lot of younger people in her area and a lot of young people in my area they've already kind of like i came out to a couple of young people that i worked with one of my coworkers, 21 and i told her and she was like cool and that was it <laughs> yeah. yeah well it's like you know my daughter is going to be 16 in march and if I need to understand something in this realm, I talk to her because she knows way more about it than mm -hmm. I do. Mm -hmm. I, you know, because this is something that children of her generation feel more comfortable with expressing early on. Mm -hmm. And so she has many friends from many different walks of life. And so, yeah, my, my kid is my teacher when, you know, I need lessons in that. And, you know, I teach her other things. And they, they really are different. And I know Maya was talking about, you both were talking about growing up here. And I moved back here at 13. And I do mm. remember where I went to school at in high school. Um, there was a person, we've discussed this before, um, who did, they, they were trans and they were not treated well. And because they, they dressed as a woman at school. Mm -hmm. And, you know, everybody just was so rude to this person. I mean, it was appalling to me. And it, it, it was a culture shock for me to come back here to Whitetopia because mm -hmm. this is not what I was used to. And the, the hillbilly and racist and homophobicness that was just all around, it was very much of a culture shock to me. And I, I don't know how it would feel to to be like that I mean, it's so hard to be in high school to begin with and mm -hmm. it it pains my heart that you know you didn't get to experience the things that you should have been able to experience because society said no it's unfortunate um but something that like it helps me every day is the fact that um as far as like video games are concerned i'm a very public figure at this point and being out there and being trans and i'm also um i'm very like understanding as far as like cis um cis confusion because i'm older than most uh most vocal trans people are so um and they don't understand why these old people are having such a hard time with it and it's it, i feel like in a lot of ways that i'm kind of like this weird connection between an older trans generation and the younger one because of that and i've been just really lucky to like be able to express that and maybe bridge that gap towards people so that later generations don't um like 
have this issue. Um, it's kind of it's kind of similar. Um, the thing that really like threw me over the edge um, about this my trans discovery. I I knew what it was, but the last three years I gave up on being trans before I came out. I um I just was like it's not going to happen, and I I got I tried to be as masculine as I could. I was just like let's try this, let's be a man, let's just like I I, I sang the Mulan song. You know, I just was like really trying and um, <clears throat> um, it didn't work. Um, I was the most depressed I've ever been in my life. And um, but my uh, my partner's little sister uh, came out to me as um, as a lesbian. And I was so happy for her. And I was just like, I'm so proud of her. And we were behind. We had her back. But it was a lot of struggle for her parents and um, her mother didn't um take it too well and this was confounding another issue is that this girl had um severe severe depression um and the combination of which sadly um she last summer um she committed suicide and um and it was a shock um we knew that she was she was suicidal she had like kind of tried it before but we had spent the first half of the summer just like being with her and trying to make her feel better but um while like all the feelings that come along with like something tragic like that happening were still there and valid one of the biggest things for me was the guilt of not being honest with her and maybe that may uh maybe that could have helped her keep going i felt a lot of regret um and of not telling her my truth and letting her know that she wasn't alone um so after a few months of grieving and a few months of basically beating myself up i was pretty much like decided it was like um I need to do this or I'm going to, I'm, I'm not going to, I'm, I want, don't want to say I was going to go down the same road, but I was definitely like depressed to the point that I was, I didn't, I didn't know where else to go. So a big part of the motivation for me was also guilt. And, um, I, I feel like I've since then, since coming out, forgave myself a little bit for that situation, but, um, it's been really hard dealing with the fact that um, not being brave enough at the right time might have cost a life. And I don't blame myself, but sometimes the feeling of blame is there. I understand. I'm so sorry. Yeah, me too. Oh, <laughs> but, I remember but, that. It was so fucking yeah, heartbreaking. Oh yeah. yeah. Still it, is. It was, um, I mean, and it's something still me and Brittany, uh, my partner, deal with all the time. And yeah. um, actually, her mother is the last person I have not come out to. Um, I've literally came out to everyone else. Um, but so I, um, we're going to have that fun ride before Christmas sometime. You have an on-point dress for Thanksgiving. <laughs> she actually was here it was really funny she came here to pick up uh her other uh her other sister um the girl that died was the middle sister and um her oldest sister was here and just she's trying to get in cosmetics and cosmetology so she was teaching me how to do makeup and whatnot well her mom came to pick her up 
and uh i was like oh okay well i need and i have i'm i was wearing a shirt and you could totally see titties and i was like okay time to put on a hoodie and also on top of that i had like inch long acrylic nails um and i was just like oh okay so like i'm walking her through the house doing my guy voice in a hoodie in the middle of summer <laughs> hiding my hands in the pockets and she's just like oh you painted this room and i'm like pointing at things with my elbow it's really awkward <laughs> that's <laughs> awesome <laughs> and the whole t- and on top of that she made a joke uh she was just like uh britney's late about something or another and she was like fucking women right and she said it to me and me and um her sister just started laughing our ass off she thought we were laughing with her but we were totally laughing at her Uh, I do want to say this. You guys talked about coming out to friends and whatnot. And I want to say that um, if I have any other friends that want to come out to me with anything, uh, I'm totally accepting. And I, and I, and I, I love that you trusted me with that information. Can you choose a better time? Yeah, for real. Uh, Right. Michelle Michelle decided to tell me while I was uh, working. So that was (laughs) fun to deal with while I'm working. And then, and then Maya decides to tell me like, I'm 10 minutes into a new episode of the boys that I'm watching with my parents. And I'm like, mom, can you pause it for like a minute? (laughs) (laughs) I I didn't, did did I even preface it with anything? No, no, no. You're just like, I got to tell you something. I was like, Oh, what's going on? And then you told me and I was just like, okay, (laughs) give me a minute. Mom, please pause. So if it makes you feel any better, Greg, the way uh, – let me tell tell you how I told Brittany, my partner. Um, so we um, came back from MAGFest, and we were having some serious conversations. And she actually came out to me first. She was like, hey, um, I – I'm you're the only the third person I've ever been with and I'd been with her for the last 12 years. And she was just like, uh, I, I want to, uh, attempt doing like a poly lifestyle. And I was just like, okay, okay. I get that. I understood her reasoning and whatnot. And I was like, oh yeah, well, while we're talking, um, I'm a lady. (laughs) (laughs) So we had a very interesting January. that was just the first after the first weekend (laughs) Mm -hmm. yeah no it was the whole month was like figuring shit out my favorite thing is like she was coming home and she knew i was trans but because like i wasn't out and i didn't want her to fuck it up at work we both Mm -hmm. work at the same place um i was uh i was just like well let's not even attempt to do the pronoun changes and i didn't even have a name yet like i had an old cross-dresser name that was terrible but i (laughs) i didn't want to use it so I was just like, let's just wait. Oh, okay. Well, it was Brenda. Oh, oh no. B R Y N D A. One of my ex's names. Whew. That, um, that was that was something. Choosing a name. It's I was hard. like, yeah, yeah, and uh, I, I I hit up a few close friends that knew. I was like got any suggestions for a name what's the first thing you think of what's the first mm-hmm. name that pops in your head and they said well it's personal you got to pick it and i was like no i'm not saying you pick my name i'm saying you give me some suggestions of names that come to mind i've got a list too and once i had a compiled of about 20 different names i just went down looking at myself in the mirror dressed up mm-hmm. and i got to my and i was like uh, i'm done that's it I was like, what's a good middle name that sounds good with it? And I was like, oh, here we go. So, 
so, so fun fun thing about the ahead. name thing i think this is really interesting to me that my mom uh she has known both of you prior to this mm -hmm. and um you both have talked to her uh mm -hmm. she mm -hmm. can't she she literally forgot your dead name michelle <laughs> she goes she goes she goes michelle i know like i call her michelle but what what was her name before and i so i tell her she goes yeah i totally forgot what it was and that's we, awesome that's we awesome about, we were talking about you maya and i said that's gonna happen with maya it's just gonna happen like i'm gonna mm -hmm. keep referring to her as maya it's just it's just gonna it's, be saying she's like she's like it's yeah, gonna I know. be harder it's gonna be harder for her because i shared the name of your brother that's right yeah yeah it'll be but harder for her to remember she did make a really funny joke the night that you told me and she goes oh thank god now i know who greg's gonna be talking about when he says like when he says maya instead of josh every time because mm -hmm. i'll be like i talked to josh and she's like which josh <laughs> now now there's no confusion that's really yeah. funny because uh we had the same problem at one of my big events where there's like seven brian's in my camping group oh, jesus and so, and I actually was a part of an event where we played Blades of Steel on the NES to figure out who was the Brian, the main Brian, and oh, everyone else would Brian. become other Brian. <laughs> and I was actually currently the reigning champion when I gave up my name. So I was Brian. <laughs> and the rest were other Brian's. And I was like, you still have to fight me for this name. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah. the max stock got canceled because 2020. So I'm like, it's a whole nother year. <laughs> yeah, they're they're, they're all still. That's great. They are like, I'm not two just years of being other Brian's and like, <laughs> but you're not using the name anymore. So oh, I don't give a fuck. I still um, own it. You can't have it. it. Uh, right, it's in my back pocket. Phil, did you guys ever watch The Last Man on Earth? Mm -mm. No. Uh, I can't uh, remember the guy who played him, but his name was. Oh, Will. That, yeah, that, and, that's Will uh, Will Forte. Yeah, and then this other guy shows up, and his name is Phil, and so they, you know, end up fighting for the name, and the <laughs> first guy gets the name Tandy, and even though Phil dies later on, they still call him Tandy yeah, throughout the rest of the show. Was, I think his middle name was Tandy. Is what? It, why yeah, it was that? his middle name. That's hilarious. I love TV, that was a good show. I like that, that show. show. Canceled way too early. It did. It was funny. Uh, I do have one last fun story about my name, though, real quick. So, uh, my old name was Brian, and I really enjoyed the alliteration of Brian Belcher. Um, so it took me forever to decide on a name because I wanted a B, a feminine B name. And I didn't like any of them. On top of that, my partner's name is Brittany. So that's immediately off the table. And um, I, I got really close to actually deciding on the name Bailey. Um, but I didn't uh, go with that for two reasons. Uh, one, um, like the biggest trans porn star in the world, her name's Bailey. And I was like, okay, Bailey well, Jay. I don't need that. Yep. So I was like, don't need that. But what really was the final kicker is that I told Brittany I was thinking about going with Bailey. And she was like, ah, finally, I can drink you out of a shoe. Uh, and I was like, okay, no, not that one. <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks for that, Brittany. Uh, <laughs> but yeah. also, names are also not that serious. I literally had a Beatles song stuck in my head. That's why I picked Michelle. Oh, really? We're mm -hmm. big Beatles fans over here, so... 
Yeah. I, yeah, I actually go by Bell as well because of that song. <laughs> well, uh-huh. you know, I told you, I told you when you first came out as Michelle, mm-hmm. I was like, well, you know, one of my friends, that's her name. And it's actually my daughter's middle name because we named her after her. Oh, um, nice. We, we, we call her Shell Bell. <laughs> that's, and, uh, that's re- awesome. But uh, you, picking my name, uh, everybody was like, what well, do you want to stick with a J name? I was like, no. Why not? Mm-hmm. I was like, well, for one, I've dated just about every girl that has a J name, and I'm not naming myself after a damn ex. Mm-hmm. I was like, you know, I'm still friendly with several of my exes, uh, still friends yeah. with several of them mm-hmm. because be it's a small that. town. I don't want to say, oh, hey, by the way, you're going to call me by your name now. No. Yeah, that's no. just weird. Yeah. So, I, and I was like, well, Misty and Madison, I was like, what about an M name? Will it be the trio of M's? So, mm-hmm. you know, I and do just find so it happen funny to- that you, you, me, and one of our other friends all chose M names. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That was yeah, that was pretty wild. I think I typed in that chat. I was like, my friends are awesome. <laughs> yeah, you did. Oh, now I get that joke. <laughs> <laughs> you know, at first I thought he was just trying to do a stutter. Like yeah, I thought he was crying. doing my Lady Gaga like shit was over like, there. I don't know. Like, like he was stuttering because he was crying. Like, <laughs> my, 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 my friends. And I was like, okay. Emotional Greg. But now I see that it was a joke. Gotcha. <laughs> Well, that's why nobody laughs at my like, goddamn jokes. <laughs> tech- tell better like, jokes. I tell you that all the time. Maya? Anger, the quickest way to the like <laughs> not thinking about what you're about to say. <laughs> Every week for the past two years, that's usually been followed. Swear to God, podcast canceled. That's where yeah. he was going with it. Yeah. But yeah, it's a running right. gag. I have to make him do it. No, because we got a three-year anniversary coming up in two weeks. No, no kidding. Jesus, time flies. <laughs> no, yeah, no joke. I know. It has been a ride. Uh, well, on that note, why don't we go ahead and wrap this puppy up? Um, That's illegal in most states. <laughs> well, go ahead. It's and- frowned upon in the rest. <laughs> <laughs> uh <laughs> Jesus. I wrap my puppies up all the time. Oh, <laughs> thank you. Well, yeah, I do too. But I don't I'm minor free fault flowing right now. I'm wearing a sweater. It's great. I was say, calm down, Jerry Lawler. Um, all right, that joke apparently does not. Yeah, I'm in Miami, so no. I don't go anywhere. <laughs> in, the, in the Attitude Era of the WWE, whenever a female wrestler came out, Jerry the King Lawler would be like, "Puppies," because that's what somebody called their tits once, and that's just how it was. Yeah. yeah, it was it was the road dog talking to Deborah McMichael. He's like, "Won't you unleash them puppies and let us see them?" Yeah, and right that's how the all the time. But yeah, I'm I'm one of those girls that I do not go out in public without a bra on. And as soon as I get home, it's the first thing that comes off. It's just, mm-hmm. you know, flinging it across the room. But yeah, oh my god, that was so, what my girlfriend told me. She was just like, "You're going to love coming home and taking your bra off." Oh, and she was not wrong. It is one of the best feelings in the world. It <laughs> is. I could experience that if I wanted to, but I don't you want could. to. So it really is. It's it's like you know when you've had your shoes on, you've been walking all day, and you finally get to take your shoes off, and your feet mm-hmm. feel good. That's what your boobs feel like when you take your bra off after wearing it for twelve hours. 
That makes sense. I'm not wrong. Yeah. <laughs> oh. No, I'm gonna get really, really uh, a uh, little dirty here, if that's okay. Uh, Maya, yeah. Um, once Go you start ahead. HRT, guess what? Um, the uh, the orgasms are way better. <laughs> awesome. That's just not know. expecting that. that was, I was it's not way, way, way better. Let's see what's the great great thing is. You know, there's no. Uh, yeah, well, I'm not gonna make that <laughs> comment on there. Let's go I'm ahead. I'm not gonna make that comment on there. I want to. I want to stay married. Sorry. Yeah, we could. Uh, we could have a. We could go real in deep on that conversation. Uh, hey, stick around for some reviews. All right, so uh, let's uh, let's dive into the boys' discussion this week. Uh, this uh, this is episode four. Oh, is it five? Five. 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 I watched it when it yeah. came out on Friday, so my brain is like, oh, I don't know which episode it was. Um, I do have to say before we start, uh, Betty, your adverseness to sex scenes for both shows. <laughs> uh, I know. Really triggered this week. <laughs> no, it's like last night, we, we waited till last night to watch Lovecraft, and during that one scene, I was going to fast forward, and then I was like, no, I can't. This is integral, so I have, had to back it up. And Kid walks in the room at that time, and I was like, "Nope, you gotta go, you gotta go right now." <laughs> you know. <laughs> so yeah, she just went straight back to her bedroom. She knew exactly what was about to happen. Uh, the other day, I went because there's only like a few theaters open still, and they have like strict like social distancing rules. So I, I'm cool with going to a theater right now. And I went yeah. and saw Tenet. And uh, before the movie started, my buddy goes, so is boys like okay for the kids to watch? And I just went, hell no. No. <laughs> no. Hell no. No. Nope. This, this episode <laughs> cements that shit hard. And that's the thing. Yeah, you know, my kid is, she's going to be 16 in March. So, you know, I don't mind her coming in and out because I do typically tend to fast forward through these spots, just even if I'm by myself, because I, I, it's just me, you know? And so... It, if your kid's a teenager, it's it's up to you. But I would say anybody under ten, definitely not. Do not expose your children to the show ever. You know, at that age, yeah. definitely wait until they are way older. Because there's some concepts you don't need little kids to be seeing, even well, without I, the sex scenes. I also think that little kids are also going to be a little bit too young to get the the themes of the show. Where, yeah. like. <sighs> For me, an older person, for, for Maya here, who's been also reading comics from a very young age, we know these characters inside and out. And we, like, I think that's, I, I don't know if that's a layer for you, Betty, but it's definitely a layer for us where we kind of know the silliness of what a real life Superman would be like. So seeing this and, and kind of having that contrast is great. Again, I don't know how how much you know about the comics and like not not the boys comics but superman and batman and all that stuff and i know i, I know a very basic amount you know again i'm not stupid to this stuff i have well, done, yeah. like free comic day events free comic book day events a lot you know I, I i travel within these circles i watch the movies when they come out i just don't typically tend to go oh yeah i love that movie ah <laughs> I, I know about it, you know, for the most yeah. part. And, and then if I, I find something interesting, I will look it up. It's like we've been yeah. watching uh, Watchmen, and I don't really know anything about that. Jeff does, 
surprisingly. But I don't. So, you know, I'm more interested and I want to look some things up, which I will be doing after we watch the final episode tonight of season one. Um, season only. Season only? Really? Are you kidding? They said they weren't. Oh, here's my thing. Before you get the showrunner, well, the showrunner said that he was only doing the one season and. The HBO said, okay, then we're not going to do another one. But the option is there if somebody else wants to come in and pick it up and do another season of it. But I don't think for the most part, it doesn't, but I would enjoy one. Does it wrap it up at least succinctly in the first season? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. Then I, okay, I can be okay with that as long as they don't leave like a big open ended hole. There's yeah. a couple ambiguous questions not answered, but the comic did the same shit. So it's I not can like it's I can live with that. Yeah. Okay. I like a few ambiguous, like, uh, like I said, I, was, I watched Tenet, and I was really hoping for another ambiguous um, um, ending, similar to uh, Prestige or um, uh, oh my god, the the dream movie that I can't think of, Inception. Uh, mm-hmm. If you're curious what I'm talking about, the 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 ambiguous part of Prestige is whether Christian Bale's character had a twin or a clone, um, and the ambiguous part of Inception is whether Leonardo DiCaprio's character was still in a dream or not at the end because of the top on the table. Yeah, uh, that was a good movie. Oh yeah, fantastic. Tenet's also fucking fantastic. I know we're not talking about Tenet and we're talking about the boys, but Jesus Christ, Tenet's awesome. Um, that being said. Uh, the the Watchmen has a few of those ambiguous like maybes, um, and I really enjoy that because then that's like discussion. But um, the reason I was mentioning the whole thing with with the comic book correlation is that one of the things that always drew drew me into the boys and that other one, the pro, was um, I always felt like it was like something a little bit more special for me because I was like, oh, I know these characters super well. And I know how silly Superman is when it comes to um, the fact that he, you know, conveniently landed in the middle of middle of bumfuck nowhere, Kansas. And uh, uh, how how American he is, you know, like I've always kind of known that regardless of enjoying it or not. Um. So that's what I've always enjoyed about this. It it feels like a parody, if you will. Huh. And uh, this season so far has gone, yeah, we really enjoy that, but now let's dive into the characters versus just making them a parody. Oh, yeah. So that was the longest way around a bush I ever went to get to a point. I apologize. You're good. Um. So I'm, I'm processing. I'm processing that phrase. Yeah. <laughs> Longest route you've ever taken around a bush to get to a point, huh? Because you go, you take the, you know, if you go around a bush, you're you're taking the long route. You're going, you're taking too long. What well, you can, you, you can. <laughs> I mean, really, you're supposed to prune your bush. <laughs> um, I wasn't talking about the one above my dick. <laughs> 
I wasn't either. I was talking about real bushes. I'm sorry. The bushes where we're from are some serious shit. You walk around them bitches, you don't go through them. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you still, they need to be pruned and maintained. I have no idea why you decided to go the manscaping route. (laughs) I don't know. I just thought it was funnier. (laughs) I mean, it was... It wasn't not not funny. <laughs> yeah, yeah we triple negative there. Hey, Greg. <laughs> you know, it's funny. My mind is not there, but it did went there. It did. Right. Went. It did right. went. We are rubbing it up. It did went. It did went. That's a new contraction for you out there. I haven't eaten today, so I need to eat, get eat food. But uh, anyway. are you still white girl wasted from the white claws last night? Mm. You know, no, but no. I think it's more so that uh, I didn't sleep in like my bed. I got six hours of sleep. I should be fine, but I think you my sleep brain in Andy's like, bed with Andy. I cuddled him. I was I was clearly Big Spoon. Andy, if well, I was Big Spoon. Um, to be the I, I mean, I, 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 I hate to say this, but I would love to see the motherfucker that would make you the little spoon. <laughs> I had to go to prison for that. I think. <laughs> yeah, no shit. <laughs> anyway, so the boys is a good show. Yeah. It is. It's it is a lot of fun. This episode especially. Um I've really enjoyed this episode. Yeah, I'm really curious because, what like, is gonna happen between Stormfront and uh Homelander. They will fuck each other to death. Uh, well, <laughs> <laughs> to to the brink of anyway. Yeah. Apparently. Well, because she's so, clearly, and I'm just curious if she's going to turn him full on evil. Because he's right on the cusp. He is right. on the cusp of breaking. And I made a terrible, horrible mistake this afternoon or this morning. Um, I looked up and read information on Black Noir. If you don't want to spoil yourself, oh, I'm not spoiling it. Greg probably knows exactly what I'm talking about. Black Black Noir in the comics. Look it up. (laughs) I I I just wanted to know more about him, and I looked up information on Black Noir and regret doing it. My dad Um, literally keeps asking, "I want to know more about him, Greg. What do you know about him?" And I'm just like, "He's just another part of the boys or the, the 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 seven. Like he's not. You're thinking too deeply about him." Well, I'm like, but he yeah. does pique your interest, man. I mean, oh, I'm well, so if they if, if if they follow the comics with his story arc, it's going to blow everybody's goddamn minds. Well, yep. I'm looking forward to that. Let's hope that happens. I, I'm intentionally trying to get people off the trail because I'm big. I'm. It's huge, and that's the kind of spoiler. I did it myself. I shouldn't have done it. I did it to myself. I would be angry if somebody said uh, that's a huge one. You know, you know. It's so, funny. Some people yeah. might consider might consider you talking about it a spoiler. <laughs> they well, may. I, well, they may. speaking of Black Noir, I did y'all find it hilarious? Because I found it hilarious when they called in. Like you know, they had a the gas leak thing called in, so they didn't have to go deal with black nor he's on top of that roof he stuck out like a sore thumb how did nobody see him how my, often my do you look up thing. i look how up often? all the time you're yeah, five feet tall how I... my birds <laughs> yeah but okay from your perspective 
can you see on the other side of rooftops? Are you going to see somebody's head that's in all black when there's all kinds of other shit going on? Nobody's paying attention to the rooftop across yeah. the street. They're paying attention to the fire department and the fire trucks and the flashy red lights and the sirens and everybody out in their bathrobes on the yard. Yeah, maybe that's my cop daddy perspective. I don't know. I, I look everywhere. I'm that bitch who goes in a restaurant and has to have the seat that faces the door so I can see who's coming in and how to get the fuck out of there as quick as I can. Uh, being I got close some to, issues. Being close to Sacramento and my, my brother living in a kind of shitty neighborhood, like I've I've gotten got kind of gotten used to to doing that as well. But I will say most people don't do that, especially if you worked retail where people just, you know, like don't look up at signs. So I yeah, get, I get what I'm saying, but also. And maybe it is because I'm short. I'm just used to constantly looking up. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I mean, when you're five foot tall, you're always looking up. Well, you're, you're, you're not wrong. But how often, though, when you're just, say, for instance, out in the neighborhood, out in your yard, how often are you looking at the tops of the houses? Like seeing if anybody's on the rooftop peering over at you. Well, I'm not looking to see if people are peering at me, but I do a cursory glance of everything around me. Again, I've got some major issues and <laughs> how I react in my environment shows that. I mean, I almost took a woman's hand off one time. She came up to me in a bookstore and tried to put my tag in. I didn't know her. Apparently my tag was sticking up out of the back of my shirt. Yeah, a little old lady. I had no idea. As soon as I felt that hand there, I just took her arm and twisted her around. And she's like freaked out. And I'm like, why are you touching me? <laughs> well, that's something that you should announce. Like, excuse me. Yeah. You know, you don't just go up and touch somebody. I don't care who you are. Yeah. Oh. I got some major issues some PTSD. So I do. I'm I'm on high alert all the time. I'm. But your average person is not isn't, is not going to be on high alert, especially when the other excitement of fire and rescue being out there. I mean, to, yeah. be, to be fair, Billy barely noticed him until he got into the car. And the only reason he did is because he's on high alert. Yeah. Yep. Because because uh, Mother's Milk and Huey didn't. No. no. And they were absolutely on high alert. Yeah. And they, you know, when you hear them talk about all the steps they took, switching out cars, taking non-toll roads, making sure they weren't followed, you know, uh, they were super careful. You know, they're going to be on an extra high alert. So when they see they weren't followed, of course, they're not going to think to check on a rooftop right across the street because they think they got there safely. They didn't think anybody was already there. Well, this is where people should use the zombie advice of the double tap. Just because you think you're safe, you need to go ahead and check twice. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, also, uh, point out that uh, I, I kind of like how um, Giancarlo Esposito. Giancarlo Esposito. I like how he's the most imposing motherfucker since Breaking Bad. <laughs> Dude, he plays such a wonderful villain in every series I've ever seen him in. A thousand percent. He just he just does villain better than anybody. Mm -hmm. I'm sorry. That that motherfucker. Uh, and you know it's sad because 
it means he's probably going to be typecast as a villain for the rest of his career, but he does it better than anybody. He to just be does. fair, as like for that type of typecasting, he's got to be having a ball though, because I oh I've absolutely done, yeah I've done like I've done a few theater based things and playing a villain is way more fun. It absolutely is, and especially when your character portrayal is so good that the audience hates you. That's when you know you're doing good. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. I mean, think of it from the wrestling standpoint of, like, uh, people who play heels always have more fun because they get to get a rise out of the audience. And, exactly. And they get to do a little bit more. Inter- like, I've taught, like, wrestlers have been in interviews, and they're like, when I was a heel, I had more fun. John Cena wanted to be a heel for so long, he just couldn't. He literally couldn't. He tried, and he couldn't. People just didn't, nope. like, want to hate him in that fashion. But, um I, I can't imagine how much fun he's having with this role and the role of Mandalorian. Like, what a lucky yeah. dude! Is he all mad too? What's that? Yeah, is he, all he, mad as well? he is. Cool. He's only in like the last two episodes of Mandalorian, but yeah, he'll be a more pre- prevalent role. Pre- prevalent. He'll role. have a more prevalent role in the next season that comes out next month. Excited! I'm very excited. Um. Yes. I'm trying to think of anything else that happened noteworthy in this episode. Uh. Well, well, I gotta ask, what do you guys think Stormfront's long end game is? God, I don't know. I am so confused with this woman. I'm just, I, I'm not really sure. Uh, I like how they like uh, how Huey likened her to being shuffled around by Vought. Uh like a Catholic priest being shuffled to a new district. Yeah. Um, so she's clearly been around and been protected for a while. And she's been, you know, uh, rebranded with a new identity. Yeah. So nobody knows who she used to be. And apparently she's pretty, pretty racist. Um, yeah. That was made evident you know, with her conversation with A-Train. Also made evident, you know, further with her conversation with Starlight. Um, But yeah, I'm I'm interested to see where she's going. Because it's it's Uh, not clear if she wants to destroy the Seven or if she wants to be a part of the Seven or if she wants to utilize the Seven to take over the world or if it's to get, like, it's just so unclear what her endgame is and that makes her even more terrifying. Oh, she's protected by Edgar. I think she's absolutely protected by Edgar, and she's in on it with Edgar. Whatever it is, he's behind everything. Edgar's the one playing by Esposito, right? Yeah. Okay. You know, yeah. I had to yeah, his name. His name in the show is Stan Edgar. Yeah. Okay. That that's my theory. Um, but. Yeah, man. When Homelander, he's so frustrated because his view in the eyes of the public is going down the toilet. And he, that when he imagined that he just started laser-eyeing the crowd and just cutting them down, that was so cool. I was hoping that um, was real. I wanted that to be real so bad. Could you yeah. imagine? That, that would have... I think we're too early in the season for that kind of mass destruction just yet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I agree. 
plus two, that would unite the entire world against him in particular mm-hmm. and against Vought. Um, that would be a, something on a catastrophic level. Um, so to see him get frustrated and go to her for help and seeing her help pay off and then them rewarding each other in the fashion that they did. <laughs> oh, by the way, looking at uh, uh, Gian Car- uh, uh, Esposito's um, IMDb, apparently he uh, he played Lex Luthor in uh, the Harley Quinn show. Really? Which is fantastic. I, I need to continue watching that show. I watched like the first half of season one. Hmm. Um, yeah, it's, it's the, the stuff with like uh, uh, a train has been interesting um, with him, like getting kicked out of the seven and now trying to figure out how to get back into the seven. But like, I wonder what he's going to do because if he does full on get kicked out of the seven, which it seems like it's going to be like, is he going to team up with the boys? Like, how is that going to work? And again, that's, Totally different than the comics. So, I wonder I how that would, would work because he killed Huey's girlfriend. Yeah, he. I don't think that would be accepted. I think they would probably try to find a way to take him out. It'd be one less soup to potentially get in their way. That's how Butch would feel. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I'm. I, I. Yeah, but I'm so fascinated with the. You actually get to see Black Noir do some things. And he is, it's obvious where he is a parody of. Um, uh, he's hes essentially Snake Eyes from G.I. Joe. Uh, it's its funny because he's supposed to be a parody of Batman in the comics. Oh. <laughs> he's supposed to be, but I'm sorry. Batman, even though it's glossed over a lot, he does have the martial arts and training and skills of a ninja. Batman is quiet, but Batman does talk. Batman sometimes kills depending on the continuity uh, of the story. If it's a one-off or, you know, yeah, I, I, I agree with you where he the look, the but. look, the look and the mannerisms, everything snake eyes down to a T. Yeah. Okay. One more thing. What about the Scientology, the link there? You know this this religious thing. I mean, they, they it's obviously a play on Scientology, and I'm I'm laughing every time it goes to that. Um, so, is wh- this part of the comics? In a way, what I'm hoping is that, because uh, one of the things about Garth Ennis's writing is that he does not like uh, organized religion. He really mm-hmm. hates. It. He says that it is it, it's a scourge on society and like the the preacher and not, not the preacher just preacher and um, crossed are very much in that vein of just like it's all bullshit and um, it's certainly seeming like that this this religious organization um, just wants to do like they're being controlled by Vought they're hundred percent being controlled by Vought for the middle um, middle America kind of crowd. Um, that's okay. kind of how, like like the guy the guy that shook uh, 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 the deep's hand in that little commercial they had. Mm-hmm. He reminded me of um, oh, what's that guy's name that 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 he didn't want to open up his church to victims of a hurricane. The fuck's his name? Joel Austin. Joel Austin. Oh yeah. Fucking scumbag. He reminds me of Joel Austin. 
Like people are coming into the church and they're hungry and the deep is handing them books. Yeah. That that was some fucked up shit. I was like, oh my God. But I was told there would be food. So I'm not particularly fond of organized religion myself. Uh, So I, again, this whole thing I'm finding, you know, just highly amusing. You know, I'm. I've never seen anything like that introduced into a comic book line story. So it just blew my mind. And every time it just seems to get funnier and funnier, they're just doing more weird shit with it. And I'm like, yep, that totally is it. Yeah. That's, I think that's what I love about it so much is that it's as much as I love my Marvel and my DC and all that stuff. It's to, to basically tell it, in a way, fuck you. Like this is what it would actually be like, and what you're watching is a total fucking fantasy. Um, I love that shit. Like, super happy it exists. So the guy who who did the boys, he also did Preacher. Yep. Yeah. I loved Preacher. I loved Humperdoo. Jesus, <laughs> he was just bless his heart. Yeah. <laughs> so side side fun little story for Preacher. I love I love this little story. So. Uh, back when I was reading Preacher for the first time, so this is like 12 years ago, give or take, maybe further than that, um, I had a friend that I worked with at, at Walmart. And um, uh, there was one time before we got to be really close friends, um, I was talking to him about an episode of Penn and Teller's Bullshit, where they went over uh, uh, creationism and how much bullshit it is. And I'm just like... And these creationists believe that dinosaurs existed when humans did and blah, 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 blah. And the whole time, the whole drive home, which is a solid 15 minutes, right? I'm just going on about it. He pulls up to my house and he goes, Greg, I'm a creationist. Hmm. Oh, my, I'm sorry. Like, I didn't mean to offend you. And he was just like, it's fine. We don't have to agree on religious stuff. We can still be friends. I was like, cool. I'm glad we see that. So months later, um, I'm reading Preacher, and in the comic, it gets to the part where it's, you know, the inbred son of uh, Jesus and Mary Magdalene, and uh, and how he's, like, again, he's mentally challenged to the sufficient degree that he, like, drinks his own piss, <laughs> and uh, my friend just goes, can you stop talking about it? It's extremely offensive to me. I It's so bad right now. Like, I'm just getting angry that this comic even exists. It's like, all right, I am sorry. Oh, uh... <laughs> He must really not like the show. I don't think he's ever seen. I haven't talked to him in years. Like I was at his wedding. Yeah. And his wife moved to Lake Tahoe and I haven't heard from them in a solid three and a half years now, maybe longer. So I have no idea, but I always remember that because I was like, I always thought to myself how interesting it was that uh, a, a, a fantasy story that has to do with religion could be that offensive, but I guess that's Garth Ennis's point. And I know that there are comic book fans that hate the boys comic because it just, it makes fun of these superheroes, these well-loved superheroes. And it does more so in the comic. Like it's, it's more of like a direct parallel. Um, in, uh, I know that in the comic, when it comes to certain characters, like their backstory is borderline identical to Marvel characters or DC characters. Whereas in the show, they don't really go into backstory as much because they're just like, oh, they're all made by Vought. Yeah. So this show doesn't, it do, it's not It's not as clear. It's not as clear that it's a direct parody. I mean, Homelander and Mav, obviously. Uh, there might have been some legal issues that they might have run into. 
with television show. I don't know. I mean, there might be. I know that I know that Amazon said no to a scene of Homelander standing on the top of a building at the very first scene of episode one of season one, where he's literally jacking off onto a, like off the top of the building, going, "I can do whatever the fuck I want. I can do whatever the fuck I want." And then he comes. Like that was an actual part of the script, and they can't, they said no. That's too far. I have to thank them for that one. <laughs> <laughs> That's a visual that will be now in my head forever. Because <laughs> because it makes sense that Homelander would do that. That's oh yeah, I'm yeah. sure he is off camera. <laughs> yeah. Um, the way that it was supposed to be filmed was you never saw his dick. You just saw the, like his the back his back and his pants down. So you saw his ass and his hand down there. You never but. Obviously. I've never seen so much man ass in my life as I have in the past. Oh, it looks like somebody hasn't watched Game of Thrones then. Oh, I have seen Game of Thrones. <laughs> I read the books when I was pregnant with my daughter. So 16 years ago, I read the books. When they came out with the show, I liked the show. But again, I it was the same issue of... There's a lot of shit there. It's just like, damn, this is so gratuitous. And it was so gratuitous in the books as well. So, but oh, at yeah. least I could skip those scenes, you know. One, one, of my to, favorite, you know? one of my favorite criticisms of the books is that George R. R. George R. R. Martin does not know how to write women. <laughs> no, he doesn't. He really doesn't. He's not good at it. And he could have definitely taken a page out of Robert Jordan's book when it comes to writing women, because he does not write women. Well, that's when I gave up on him is after the whole um, dance with dragons and how he was having Daenerys flip flop like that. I was like, man, this is just not realistic. The, I mean, you know, we don't go from simpering wench to, you know, empowered queen, like a, you know, she's she's acting like she's seriously bipolar and needs some medication. Okay, this is not how women typically act. One and of my just, things that I wanted to see her do in the show that I I, I they kind of went too fast was her um, because they they talk about how her father wasn't crazy at the beginning and then went crazy after he became the king, which made him the Mad King. Like it was a disease of some kind, and I wanted to see that, but that's not how they. That's clearly not how they wrote it. So, oh, that last episode was absolutely well. The whole last season, let's face it, it was horrendous. They they were rushing through it. That's why we see yeah. Starbucks cups in the scenes and stuff. They they just totally screwed it up. It was arguably, the rushing part that made it not great. Yeah, I was like, that's it. That's it. That yeah. this is what you have to offer. No, man. <laughs> the, battle, the battle with the the the. Uh, the night people, I can't, what the fuck was their name? The night, uh, the white walkers, the white walkers. Thank you. Um, that battle should have been like four or five episodes, not one. Oh God. Yeah. And again, um, there's so much more to that. They just screwed it up. So, all right, well, why don't we give our final thoughts on this episode of the boys? Uh, I guess we can give it a grade if we want on this specific, specific episode. Uh, my one should go first. I thought it was fantastic. A fun little episode. You get to see Black Noir showcased a little bit, which was uh, nice to see. You got to see uh, Kamiko. You know, she's gone off and doing her own thing and Frenchie's frustrations with it. Um, You know, you got a little bit of a spotlight into each character and what's going on. And, I mean, come on. Who doesn't love a dog's fuck pig? I mean... (laughs) Really, uh, th- this episode was a lot of fun. Uh, really curious to where it goes next. 
really pissed at myself for looking up information that I shouldn't have. Don't spoil yourself. Don't look it up. Enjoy the show. And, uh, yeah, I give this one an A. All right. Uh, Betty? Um, I have to say I really like Butcher's Aunt. She's badass, and I aspire to be that badass when I'm her age. Uh, Hell yes. <laughs> uh, I definitely give it an A. You know, again, they do not fail. They keep bringing something new to the table every time. And, again, the whole Scientology angle is just cracking me up. I love it. I'm looking forward to more next week. What about <laughs> you, Greg? Uh, I mirror what you guys said. Like, I love the, I love that they're taking uh, parts of the comic and kind of expanding on them, but also at the same time, like keeping me on my toes because there's stuff that I that I, they're they're changing. I I I've I've argued this time and time again. I hate direct adaptations, uh, genuinely, because I've seen it, I've read it, I don't I don't need to experience it again. So this show kind of going, we're going to do a slightly different story, but it's going to keep the spirit of what the fuck is going on and. Uh, superheroes ain't shit, and I I love that. So, um, this episode definitely cemented that with the 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 downfall of Homelander psyche and him finding us another person that kind of agrees with him. Um, I love the phrase "laser my tits." Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, <laughs> that was fantastic. Um, as a villain, Homefront is just perfect. I I fucking Stormfront. Love Stormfront. What did I say? Homefront? Jesus. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's what they're going to make. <laughs> yeah. They're going to make a little home front. That's, that's their, that's their uh, uh, couple name. Um, they make 50 shades of gray look tame. No shit. Just punching each other into the goddamn wall. Right. Oh, if they, if they fuck, they could level the whole city. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I'm really excited to see like, the, the the expansion of it. I, I was in the comic. There's a lot of stuff that happens with the boys and the seven that prevents the seven from doing anything to the boys. Um, so I was really happy to see some of that in this episode of like, I have information that's going to keep us safe. Go fuck yourself. I was like, that's great. Um, so I'm, I'm, I'm more than happy with how this show's planning out. And I give this episode an A as well. All right. Well, let's go ahead and move over to our other show. That is not, uh, I guess, I guess HBO Max is a streaming service, so we can count it in that regard. Um, yeah. But yeah, uh, you can get it on Amazon as well, and you can get it on Hulu as well. Oh, I was ta- I'm sorry. I was talking about uh, home, uh, Lovecraft Country. Yeah. You can, you can get it on Hulu. You can get HBO Max on Hulu, and you oh. can also get it on Amazon now. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I've got HBO Max through Hulu at the moment. Yeah, that's how I'm watching Lovecraft Country is uh, through Hulu as well. Uh, all right. Well, this episode was certainly fucking different. Episode six, right? Six or seven? Six? Yes. Six. 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 Yeah. Uh, and it was. I was but not. It, ex- wasn't, it wasn't different in a bad way, though. Oh, no. no, 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 no. It was arguably the best episode since episode one, in my opinion. I was I, yeah. thoroughly enthralled this whole episode. Yeah, I um, have to say I was, yeah, I was enthralled, and I was also very taken aback by some of the things that happened that occurred. You know, it really kind of shook me a little bit. As in, um, Atticus and his actions when we first are introduced oh, to him. In this, yeah, uh, episode. 
when he first comes into it. Yeah, that that shook me. Gotcha. I was not expecting that. Well, I mean, he had talked about how he had to do horrible things in the war and he wasn't proud of it and it haunted him. You know, you actually see that in action and it's absolutely horrible, you know, and that's just a glimpse of what we, of what he had to do. I'm sure. Absolutely. Yeah. I, 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 I kind of, I'm, I'm really happy they showed his, his almost his entire time in uh, Korea. But uh, it's also a bit it's it's interesting to me because my 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 dad's dad, my dad's yeah, my grandfather, my dad's side, he was in uh, World War II. He was in a battle in uh, uh, South Africa. I'm not 100 percent sure, but he was he was a tank uh, a tank. He was in a tank. They come over a ridge and there's a whole bunch of German tanks there, and the whole tank battle started, and my grandpa almost died. Um, that's a story for a different time. Like that, my dad's been documenting it. It's pretty interesting. But my grandpa, on my mom's side, was in the Korean War. Um, I don't know much about the Korean War because that's not well documented on my mom's side. Um, like I know about it from history books and stuff like that. But to the extent that this show kind of showcases it, I was like, that's fantastic. Because there, how many movies and TV shows do we have that take place in the Korean War? Well, well, you, you said, had mash. Yeah, I was about to say, you said mash. <laughs> that was a good show. Yeah, but mash ain't enough. And and, and no, I think that... And it's been gone for 40 years, too. Yeah. Um, I just it, it was I was just so happy that, that, that this took place during that time and really showcased how awful some shit was over there. And even outside of the whole, like, fantasy aspect of it, the horror fantasy of it, um, which, by the way, was visually fucking awesome. Uh, yeah, and the the creature that they referred to, the Kumiho, that's actual Korean. Yeah, folklore. Uh, folklore, yeah. Yeah, um, that. Um, she is so pretty. I just couldn't get around. Oh, absolutely. She's so pretty. I loved how you go in in that first scene and she's sitting in that theater and she starts dancing. And I was just like, oh, I found my girl. (laughs) (laughs) She's just, she was, you know, and. And then to see how she's rejected because she embraces the American culture. Mm -hmm. Oh. And, you know, also, you know, how the story of her unfolds, Mm -hmm. it's heartbreaking. I mean, the whole thing is heartbreaking, not just for her, but for her mother as well. You know, I feel bad for her mom. I feel bad for her. I mean, I feel bad for everybody involved. But there's a lot of unanswered questions by the end of that story, too. Oh, well, yeah. Which I, I love. You know, we we knew that Atticus wasn't going to die because, of course, he's right. in the future. You know, so we were very curious to how that was going to go down. That was fascinating. I don't. Well, we 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 don't know how far ahead she's seen either. No. No. Because I think some of those things we saw in her insight into him, into his timeline, I think some of those things were 
scenes that have been filmed that we have yet to see that we will see being played out. Yeah, um, it's, 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 there it's, was um, there was one where he was bound and looked like he was being tortured. Yeah, um, I'm sure that'll come up in a, in a in a like late episode, not next episode, but like I'm no, like nine, probably ten. like yeah, whatever the next, the last, or the last episode is penultimate. I'm assuming penultimate, but I could be wrong. Well, that now it's got me curious. Like, was that vision that we had we saw of him? That uh, at the very first thing we saw in the, in the show, like how much of that was real and how much of that was fake. You know, that's an interesting thought, you know, because I just always assumed that it was a dream. But at, yeah. this, point, had. at this point, what do we like? What do we know exactly? That's true. That I'm like, oh, this is good. This is great. This is so good. No, I, this episode also had a lot of um, uh, very well done visual effects. So something that I really enjoy with my horror, and I think that, I don't know if you two will agree with me on this, but um, when there's viscera, like a bullet to the head with an exit wound isn't clean. No. So seeing the two, the two uh, nurses on the ground after being shot in the head, um, and seeing their like brains next to them, I was like, "That's an, that's 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 an extra touch that I really appreciate." It reminded me because of the pink coat, probably, but it reminded me of like a Jackie Kennedy moment, you know, when I did that pink coat with you know the blood and brain on it. I was just like, "Wow, this is really reminiscent of that." I don't know if it was meant to be, but it was. I mean, I, I, I see that. I don't know if it was either, but uh, I totally agree with you on that. Like, I, uh, yeah, damn, wow. I didn't think about it at the time, and I'm thinking about it now. Yeah, it was just, I mean, it really stuck out to me. I was like, this is so, did they mean to do this, or was it just, you know, one of them coincidence things? You know, I don't know. We'll see. But yeah. uh, the, the whole storyline in this one was, it was heartbreaking and beautiful at the same time. Yeah. Oh, yeah. This was like this whole episode could have been in its own movie and been just as impactful. Yeah. I agree with you on that. Um, I also like how, unlike other shows um, and other movies that I've watched, I like how when like they didn't just have the character speak with a korean accent they were speaking full korean with subtitles yeah yeah i really appreciate that that also cemented it in a in a sense of reality i was like thank you yeah so. i like that when i like that whenever they do that in shows and movies because i'm like why is everybody foreign talk with an english accent yeah <laughs> <laughs> that's well, typically see, how it plays out <laughs> In Doctor Who, everybody has a British accent because of the Universal Translator. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's that's more of a Deus Ex Machina. Thank you for fixing that for us. Um, or I that. It's also a you know Doctor Who's also a family show, so I'm not going to hold that to the same standard. But um, 
yeah, I just I really, 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 really enjoyed this episode. If if, if you had done an episode, a movie or a show that just was this story without anything that had to do with Atticus, and it was a different character, like I just if you if you just showed me this episode out of context, it'd still been great. Yeah. 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 It was a really good show. Um, really good episode. I again, they keep upping it every episode, so I'm. I'm looking forward to what they bring to the table next week. Yeah. Well, why don't we go ahead and uh, give our final thoughts and grades? Um, Betty, why don't you start off start us off on this one? Um, for this one, definitely again an A plus, A plus plus. I it it was a beautiful episode. I mean, just marvelous. I'm I'm very pleased with it. I think they did a good job telling the story of you know. Atticus and some of the hard things he had to do. And, you know, they're showing not just, you know, America's hardships, but, you know, other things that we had our hands in causing hardships as well. You know, these are things that we need to talk about. So definitely an A plus plus and let's see what they have for us next week. Uh, Maya. Uh, definitely. I have to agree. This is a very, very strong episode. It was, um, uh, it could be a standalone and like you like you said and would still be just as enthralling just as uh rewarding to view and i really also uh enjoyed the showcasing of you know things are not so pleasant especially during times of war um and how it affected you know seemingly just one random person but not so random as it turns out uh when it comes to their importance uh but yeah this this was a great this was a great great episode i have to give it an a plus it was very very good and beautiful cinematography especially that final shot at the end oh my goodness yeah goosebumps yeah i'm looking up right now who directed this episode because it had to like i if, if it's their first time holy shit uh, but um, I, I yeah, mirror what you guys said. It's one of my favorite episodes of the of the season so far, and uh, I, I I watch it again happily. Like it was that fucking good. Um, yeah, I don't, I, there's not enough good things to say about this episode. It's 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 a perfect little piece of of enjoyment. Like it's 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 it's. I really like stories that kind of run the gamut of emotions. And this definitely ran the gamut of emotions, fear, sadness, happiness, uh, um, elatedness, uh, mystery, confusion, like it's just all over the board. And I loved that. It kept that, like kept you guessing what the next scene was going to give you. And I'm just, Oh, so good. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's directed by Helen Shaver. Uh, she's best known for a movie in 1987 and 1985 called Desert Hearts, the Amityville horror movie in 79, the Poltergeist series. Um, she's an actress mostly. Let's see what she has directed. Uh, an episode, uh, two episodes of Snowpiercer, one episode of Westworld, six episodes of Vikings, uh, three episodes of Orphan Black. Yeah, she's got some good stuff under her belt. Yeah, she does. Oh, absolutely. Uh, shit, yeah. Goddamn. Okay, well. Impressive. Give her more shit to do. Give her more shit to direct. Fuck. <laughs> uh, all right, guys. Well, 
next week we're going to be reviewing episode seven of Lovecraft Country, episode six of The Boys, and the movie. Is it a movie or a series? I think it's just a movie, right? It's a series. On it's a series. Uh, we're going to review the series Ratchet, which is a prequel to uh, One for the Cuckoo's Nest. Um, so I'm looking forward to that. I think we're all going to yeah, watch one it anyway. Of my favorite movies. Uh, I love that movie. But uh, on that note, why don't we go ahead and do the the link dump, Maya, if you will, please. Yeah, yeah. Well, if you look down below the notes of the episode, you will see links to where you can follow us on social media for the show. Uh, There is the Redbubble store, but you know what? Probably going to have a closeout sale on that merch because that's getting retired. Um (laughs) We got new artwork coming. Talked to the artist this week. He's got the new updated picture for me. So hopefully he's going to be able to get the rest of our artwork done. Uh, Greg's is done, but uh, mine and Betty's are not. So hopefully we can have that new artwork for our anniversary episode. But it as looks for... Way cooler than I actually am. I'm just saying. Way cooler well, than I, mean, I actually am. That's not hard to do. But... All right. Oh, what? I'm kidding. I'm that? kidding. How about that? My podcast nope. canceled. You nope. know like that? No. Right. <laughs> no. Anyway, uh, as for the show itself, you can join the Discord server. We're always active on Discord. Uh, you know, I know the server is quiet sometimes, but you know, hey, join it. You can message us directly there. Uh, somebody will always be around to answer. Usually. Okay myself or greg but betty has gotten a little active in there too and it's cool yeah uh, you I can follow the show on school so I, i'm a little taken up by time lately oh that's okay yeah, but uh, i try i have i have lots of free time yes uh what happens when you're yes. a stay-at-home parent and you don't have to homeschool them <laughs> yeah well but, this year thankfully most of her stuff's online so i am grateful for that oh yeah there you go. Yeah. Uh, the Instagram and Twitter links for the show are down below, as are the official Facebook page and the discussion group page, which we really need to get that more active, Greg. Um, yeah. As for me, if you want to follow me at personal links, uh, I'm on Facebook under the name Maya Dawn Fisher. Um, my Instagram and Twitter are linked to those. Uh, you can follow me at any of those if you wish. And that's me. Um, Michelle, do you have anywhere that you would like, if anybody wanted to follow you on social media, that you would like to uh, throw out there or not? Uh, just follow me on Twitter. I put some batshit things out there, so that's pretty much it now. Um, hashtag, or not hashtag, mm-hmm. at gotta go Michelle. That's me. That's that's pretty nice. much it. <laughs> or hashtag dang old frick face. Dang old frick face. <laughs> Well, Betty, what about you? Uh, Mostly on Facebook. Um, Betty Badger Ogletree. Uh, Twitter, Bright Betty. And Instagram, Petricor Betty. Just look for Betty. Awesome. (laughs) All right. And Greg, where can people find you on social media? Uh, Chub Rock Geek on all social medias. Uh, we're going to be doing a lot more of the Jackbox streams like we did this last Saturday, which was a lot of fun. Uh, come uh, mid-October, we'll be playing the new Party Pack, which I'm very excited about. Um, 
So if that's something you're interested in, check that out. But uh, but yeah, Chub Rock Geek everywhere. Awesome. All right. Well, uh, Michelle, thank you so much for coming on and participating with us in this wonderful conversation. Uh, it was a blast. So it sucks that it took so long to actually get you on here. Yeah. As long as I, we've I, known I, you and how our show came about. <laughs> yeah. I'm glad I, I was able to come on and I just, you know, one thing I've always been looking forward to is to come on to a show with Greg and just tell him that Sonic is better than Mario. So <laughs> you're wrong. You're wrong. You're just wrong. You're just wrong. <laughs> Anyways, I've done uh, my job. Bye. <laughs> excellent, excellent. Well, let's he's get wrong. out of here then. Wrong. Nope, he's wrong. Or she's wrong. My bad. She's wrong. <laughs> <laughs> oh, look at it. angry Greg. Just uses incorrect pronouns. <laughs> I honestly did that to prove a point. Just to prove a point that it's really hard to keep your head straight when you're angry. <laughs> uh-huh. And he's only mildly irritated. I know, right? Mildly. Uh, anyway, um, yeah, guys. Uh, like I said, everybody listening, check out. You know, watch watch Lovecraft Country. If you're not watching it, you're missing out big time. The boys really is are, but you have a whole season ahead of that to watch season two. But if you haven't watched the boys and you're kind of tired of like the Marvel Cinematic Universe and DC, like this will definitely like like it, it's 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 a big middle finger, all that stuff, and it's fantastic. But uh, but uh, you know, also watch watch Ratchet and come join us next week. Um, but uh, but I think that's about it. Yeah, that's it. I was trying to think of anything else. Uh, yeah. So um, we will see you guys next time. Bye. Peace, love, and polypops. Take care, everybody. <laughs> <laughs>